I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Because after a day after getting Markel Fultz, the Flyers took a guy second overall in the NHL entry draft in Nolan Patrick. And I wanted to get somebody who knows a lot about these kids on. And who better than Charlie O'Connor from Broad Street Hockey? You can follow him at Twitter. Uh, on oh, I should say you can follow him on Twitter at BSH underscore Charlie. Charlie, how you doing, man? Hey, Pat. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Anytime. So... For those who don't know about Nolan Patrick, what 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 what's his game? And please don't start off with he's a two-way center because that's what they all say. But like what what can Philadelphia expect from from him? Is he going to be a transcendent player? Is he going to make the team right out of training camp? Or is he going to be one of these prospects that Flyers fans complain about? We have all these prospects but they're not up yet. What 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 everything about him, man? Tell me about him. So what you need to understand first with Nolan Patrick is this is a guy who literally for the past two and a half seasons has been talked about as the expected number one, number one overall pick in this draft. He was the guy who everybody just assumed he was the best prospect. He was, you know, a point per game player in, in junior hockey at age 16 at age 17. He was carrying his team to, uh, to the Memorial cup, which is basically the, uh, the championships of, of Canadian junior hockey this year. He dealt with injuries and that pushed him down people's draft boards just enough to give the flyers a chance to get him a number two. Now, in terms of whether he's a transcendent prospect or not, I, I'm not sure if he's – he's definitely not a, a, the next Connor McDavid or, or Sidney Crosby or even Austin Matthews, but I, I absolutely think he has the potential to be a first-line center in the NHL. That, that goes without saying. And this is a guy who he can score. He's got a great shot. He's a, he's a big player. He's, a, I believe, about like 6'2", 200 pounds already, and you assume you know, he's, he's only, it's only 18. He's going to fill out even more as he gets older. So this is going to be a guy who's, who's tough, to, uh, tough to knock off the puck. Uh, I won't use the two-way center thing, but there aren't really any concerns about his defense. I don't see him as being you know, a shutdown guy, but he's not a guy who's going to be a liability, which is important. You, you don't want guys who are just getting – getting butchered in the defensive zone whenever they don't have the puck. But you're looking at a guy here who has been on people's radar for years as an elite prospect. And frankly, the, the Flyers, it, it's amazing to think that they were able to get him at number two, considering how long he's been talked about as the sure number one in this class. All right, now be honest with me. Because what I find with, with all drafts, it's not just the NHL, what I find with all drafts is, if when, whenever a player slips or a, you know a team drafts anybody immediately they say this guy was number one on our boards so if you were the gm of the new jersey devils who would you have taken first overall so i probably would have taken who they took i i, I do I, i'm a little bit higher on, on nico he who's they who is the guy they took number one and that's primarily for two reasons number one uh nico was a little bit more dynamic a little more flashy he has i think a little bit higher upside maybe offensively and also he didn't come with the same injury concerns that patrick did and that, that's really the main reason patrick is a guy who while he's a big guy while he definitely can impose his will um on the opposition in every single year of his hockey career the exception of one uh he's dealt with injuries 
and you worry a little bit that he might be a really good player who only plays like 60 games a year, which there's still no reason not to take him number two because you get a really good player. Evgeny Malkin misses 15 games a year, and no one cares as long as he's healthy in the playoffs. Are you telling, but, us, are you telling the people that they basically drafted Joel Embiid but on skates? <laughs> not that much, but there, there are some concerns that he might be a little brittle, and, and I think that's enough to justify maybe pushing him down your board. But again, from a skill set standpoint, I have no concerns. This guy's the real deal. All right, so the Flyers also moved out of center. They traded Braden Shen, who I think me and you are on the same page with Braden Shen. Um, but I, I do want to get your take on him. So they trade Braden Shen for the uh, number 27th overall pick. They drafted a huge Flyers fan in Morgan Frost, if any of you have seen Twitter. Uh, he's a huge Flyers fan, apparently. Um, and then they get a, picked up a, a future first-round pick in the deal. What did you think about the move for Braden Shen? Move to, I should say the, the move to send Braden Shen to St. Louis. I thought it was a good move for the Flyers at the moment, um, but I do think that there's a good chance they're a little worse off with the trade they made in the short term. Getting two first-round picks for Braden Shen, who isn't a bad player by any means, but he provides almost all of his value on the power play. He's not very good at even strength. He he bleeds, you know, bleeds shot attempts against, not very good defensively, and he really doesn't even score that well at 5-on-5, five five, but he's been an awesome power play weapon, which is huge. You know, there, there's not like those goals count less than, than they do at even strength, but the, the, real, the real factor here is you can move a Braden Shen, get first-round picks, and then maybe replace him on the power play with someone else who can provide maybe not exactly what he did, but, but pretty close to his level of production, then you basically just manufactured first-round picks, almost the same way that some teams do with closers, where you know they, they put a young guy in the closer role, they beef up his resume by getting him a lot of saves, and they trade him away and put another young guy in there and do it over again. Yeah, the but Phillies did that. Yeah, so um, so that that's kind of the thought process there with Shen. As I said, not a bad player by any means, and he'll be missed on the power play. But this this isn't a bad move for the Flyers considering his limitations on the other elements of his game. Now, what do you think of the guy they took, uh, Morgan Frost, who in 2013 tweeted, ha, 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 the Flyers are great, and I'm paraphrasing. Um, it, you know, it's so hard to say with these kids, especially in a draft like this where – basically everybody between uh like picks 20 and 60 are kind of in the same bucket i will use the dreaded two-way center phrase with him um he uh he didn't score at a point per game pace in juniors which is something i love to see with uh with guys who take in the first round that are forwards and that that worries me a little bit but he seems like he's a good playmaker and with these guys you know you're just hoping they develop you're hoping that next year he comes out and takes a big leap in terms of his scoring as he takes on a bigger role in his team at an older age and maybe they get themselves a steal, but I don't think he's I don't think he's anything I would call like an elite prospect. He's probably more of like you know a B B plus guy. All right. So the reason that I had you on is I actually know that you have watched some of these kids who were drafted in the second, third, and fourth round, and you haven't just seen through thirty seconds of a YouTube clip. So the kids that the Flyers took in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, you know, on that aren't Morgan Frost and aren't Nolan Patrick. Which ones excite you? Which ones did you not like? Uh, just great, I guess, their overall draft. 
So I, I like the draft to a degree. Um, there were a couple picks that I was a little bit maybe less high on than other people were. Uh, they traded away a lot of picks to get uh, Isaac Ratcliffe, who is, is a big winger. He's already 6'5", 200 pounds. He's probably only going to you know grow into that frame even more. But his production in, in juniors has been just okay. So you're basically you know, you're banking on him projecting into something good. I worry about those guys like that because I worry that sometimes scouts fall in love with a guy's size rather than actually you know, looking for the production. But it's not a bad pick. It's just, you know, he's a guy where it's a boomer bust. He could he could be, you know, the next Wayne Simmons, or he could be, you know, some guy who just pops out of the fourth liner because he never could figure out his puck skills. Uh, the one pick I did really like was in the fourth round, they took Matthew Strom, who not only uh, not only is he another big guy, um, he's, a, he's actually the brother of, uh, of Ryan Strom and Dylan Strom, uh, both of whom were, uh, were top prospects. Uh, one was taken by Arizona, hasn't quite made it yet, in Dylan, and, uh, and then Ryan uh, had some time with, uh, with the Islanders. He actually just got traded a few days ago. Uh, but to get a guy like that in the fourth round who apparently has all the skills necessary to be an NHL player and obviously has the pedigree of being you know, the brother of two guys who are going to make it, uh, the only problem with him is his skating. Right now, he's a below-average skater, but you can improve your skating. If you don't have good hockey sense at age 18, that's not popping up at age 21. But if you're a bad skater at age 18, you could get better at that. Jamie Benn being the classic example, the reason why he lasted as long as he did in this draft year was because he couldn't skate. And then over the next two, three years, he worked with skating coaches. He got his lower body strength better. He improved his technique. And now he's a superstar. So that's exactly the type of pick you want to take in the fourth round. All right, where... Tra- what, about, what about when you're 28 and you fall in beer league? What do you do then? <laughs> then you just drink more beer, I guess. All right. Um, let me move on to the actual team itself. They lost a hole in Pierre-Edouard Belmar, who a lot of people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe can't believe we have to give up Pierre-Edouard Belmar. You know, take my right arm, not Pierre-Edouard Belmar. What, what does that hole actually do, though, for the team? I mean, what, what was your take on... on did, 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 the, did the Flyers succeed in the expansion draft by losing Edward, Pierre-Edouard Belmar? Or could, could they have basically done worse? I, I think they lucked out by having uh, you know having Vegas take Belmar, and and that's not to to throw too much shade at Belmar. He's he's a great guy. He's very popular in the locker room. He, he earned the A at the end of the year after Mark Strike got traded. So he's clearly you know not a bad dude. But this is a guy who had less than ten points of offense in eighty two games played this year. And granted, it's a fourth liner. You're not expecting those guys to score a lot of points, but they still have to score sometimes. And Belmar just has almost no offensive ability at all. And to lose a guy like that who basically was just a fourth-line glue guy who was one of the top penalty killers on a team with a bad penalty kill, I'm just not seeing you know where the big loss is here. All right, now moving on to the, the, the team itself moving into next year, what do you see them doing in free agency, if anything? And will this team get back to the playoffs? So I don't think they're actually going to make many moves in free agency. Maybe you see them grab a depth guy. I know they're they're actively trying to re-sign Jordan Wheel. We'll see if they pull that off as it's getting closer and closer to July 1st. But they just don't have a lot of room. You know, this is a team that already has too many 
okay forwards. I don't know if you would want to add another okay forward. We saw how that worked out with Dale Weiss last year. He ended up getting scratched for a long time and not playing that well for the Flyers. And then on defense, while they have some spaces open, they want the kids to come up. And there's two spots available. They have four defensemen in Robert Higgs, Sam Moran, Travis Sanheim, and Phil Myers who are going to be battling for those, those two spots. And I don't know why they would go out and sign a veteran when these kids are clearly ready or close to being ready. If the, the Flyers, if they're going to take that next step, it's not going to be because they signed you know, a decent veteran. It's going to be because these kids that aren't there yet are actually good. All right, and in terms of making the playoffs, you think they'll actually, you think that the, the core of the team is good enough to get them back into the playoffs? Uh, I, I think it is. Um, Dave Haxtell needs to do a much better job of extracting value out of the top-tier players in the roster. And, and I guess this is the main thing they are going to be looking at in free agency, the goaltending needs to be better. Because, quite frankly, the goaltending was horrific for most of the year. Uh, both Mason and Neuvert played very poorly. Uh, Mason finally got it going at the end of the year, but it looks like they're going to move on from him. So it, the question comes, who are they going to get to replace him? And if whoever they get to kind of play in a tandem with Neuvert plays okay, yeah, I think they have the talent to make the playoffs. But... You know, you need you need better coaching from Hackstall, uh, and you need goaltending to make an improvement. But I think, yeah, absolutely, they have the talent to get back into the playoffs. Now, I'm not going to go that far, probably not, unless the kids are way better than anybody's hoping. But, yeah, they can get back in the right direction if they get better goaltending. How hot is Dave Hackstall's hot seat? Uh, I, I know Ron Hackstall likes him a lot, and he's not going to, you know, toss him overboard because of one bad year. At the same time... If next year is a repeat of this year in that you have a team that just can't score goals, even with players like Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek on, on the squad, yeah, you have to start considering it because it's a lot easier to fire a coach than it is to try to trade two guys with $8 million a year contracts. So there can't be a repeat of next year. They can't struggle to score. If the goaltending is bad, maybe he survives because maybe it's just bad goaltending and you put that on Hextall. But if, if there's scoring issues again, just like there was last season where they just couldn't buy a goal in January and February, then you got to wonder how much of this is tactics and how much of this is usage. And, and that's when I think Hextall might have to worry about his job. But he won't get fired before the end of the year unless the whole thing falls apart. All right, awesome information from uh, Charlie O'Connor. You can follow him on Twitter at BSH underscore Charlie. He's a must-follow for any hockey fan out there. I'm not just saying for Flyers fans. This dude, during any time of the year, it could be 90 degrees out. He's talking about Flyers 5-on-5 Corsi. It's really impressive. So check him out on Twitter and make sure to read him at BroadStreetHockey.com. Charlie, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.